is high, it is far, it is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Oh, baby, we are back for another edition of Nosebleeds, WFUV's exclusive MLB podcast. I am Dan Bartels. Pleased to be joined with Ben Oppenheimer, Brendan Shorey, Matty Dembele, behind the board today, holding it down for us. Thank you so much. And guys, World Series is here. Feels good to say that, huh? I'm talking right now for the people at home who are listening to a diehard Rangers fan from Texas. We'll get into that. And Ben Oppenheimer, who went on the record (laughs) and predicted the Arizona Diamondbacks, to your credit, to be right in this position now. Boys, I'm excited for this episode. How are we doing? Uh, I, I, I can't complain. I can't complain. I mean, I'm, of course you can. It's good for you. I'm just, there for you to complain about. There is nothing for me to complain about. Midterms are over. Mm-hmm. I get to focus on my team in the World Series up three to one. I could not be more excited right now. Hey, don't count the D's out. Okay. They've been in this position before. They've had their back against the wall in Philly. Now they're going to do it again when they win tonight. <laughs> And then they're going to do it in Dallas. That's my prediction. Okay. It's not over till it's over. The words of great Kevin Garnett. It's not over till it's over. I mean, Garcia, I know for last night's game, no Garcia, no problem. But I think that's going to affect your lineup for the Rangers in tonight's game, these next few games. And Corey Seager, maybe they'll find some way to contain him. Yeah, they have I've, to. They yeah, have to. Yeah. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know how that's possible, uh, I, I to mean, be honest. Anything is possible when you're with the Ds. I know in that pitchers and catchers meeting, the first thing they're talking about is how, on the Arizona side, how they're going to handle Corey Seager tonight. Yeah. It's the yeah. main thing. He's been the, 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 he's striking while the iron's hot, and the Rangers are, are certainly reaping the benefits of it. He's got three home runs this series. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. And if you want to talk about what the history the Diamondbacks could do, Ben. Ask the Cubs in 2016 what it's like coming back from 3-1. So they would be the seventh team in MLB history if they were to come back from 3-1 and do it, and they would snap, obviously what the Cubs did, snap their 108-year drought. They would snap their 62-year drought. You know, So uh, Texas doing a lot of things. Arizona doing a lot of things. 62 years for the Rangers. Arizona won in 2001. First things first, guys. We talked about Seager. How good has he been? 156 hits with an on-base percentage of 390 in the season as a whole. Five home runs on the postseason, three in the World Series. Brendan, that's your guy. That is your million-dollar man, 310, whatever it is, and he's showing it. So just take me through what's going through the Rangers' mind with this guy. I mean, worth all the money we paid and more. I mean, he's just – I mean, he's he's never been – at the top defensively, but his offensive game has always been there. Yeah. And we saw it we saw it back in twenty twenty with the Dodgers, World Series MVP. He's on pace to be the World Series MVP again. He's the lead, he's the favorite right now. Mm-hmm. And he has especially especially this like last night whenever we didn't have Garcia, but in this whole series, take the whole playoffs, take out the Astros series. He did not play well in that series, not hit well at all. Yeah, no. Except for game seven. Yeah. He hit well in game seven. But you, had you, to. you take you take the other two series is against the Rays and the Orioles. You take this series, and he's been the man these playoffs. I mean, he just he cannot be stopped. No, no team has been able to figure out how to limit Corey Seager other than the Astros did in games one through six. 
and I don't think the Diamondbacks will be able to. Yeah. I just don't think they will. He's he's not going to be limited. He's not going to be held back in the World Series. He's built he's built for October. Yeah, this team is stacked. Uh, there's no other way to say it. And we'll get into the Diamondbacks, but I do want to touch on just everything with the Rangers right now and just how good they've been. Texas, when they out Homer teams this postseason, they're eight and one. When they score first, they're ten and zero. On the road, they're ten and zero. They're a juggernaut. Uh, they really are. And if you want to talk about the route to get to the playoffs, I think they had the hardest one. The Rays, you know, that was not an easy team. The Orioles, that was not an easy team. The Astros, that was not an easy team. Uh, you know, and you're seeing production. John Gray in game one pitches an inning and two-thirds, comes back in game three, pitches an inning and a third, one hit each outing. You need that. And there's a chance he could come back for game seven. Yeah. There's a good he, chance. He probably would start game seven if we get that far. Right. And obviously with Scherzer going down, that could have been that guy. But, you know, the Rangers are suffering injuries, but they're not really – you know, it's not letting it affect their game. Yeah, I mean, you wanna you want you want to talk about juggernaut? You mentioned it. I mean, the Rangers this postseason have five innings where they've scored five runs. If you look at every other team, the Phillies have one, the Diamondbacks have one, and no other team has a single inning where they scored five. The Rangers have five of them. This offense has been insane this postseason, and you look at hundred win team in the Orioles, gone. Yep, a, a great team. A, one of the best wild card teams that we've seen in a while in the Rays, record wise. Yeah. Swept. Orioles swept. Astros always have been good, or they've recently been good in the postseason. Mm-hmm. They are a great October team. They're built for it. Gone in seven. Rangers coming back, winning the this last two in Houston. And now we're sitting up 3 1 in the World Series against a Diamondbacks team who at it's not it's not a team we've they don't play the same type of baseball as the teams we've played, but I'm I'm excited. I'm already feeling it. I am very faithful. I am putting all my faith in the Rangers tonight. I think we're going to take it. Look, I think Arizona's still got some life in them. Mm-hmm. For and sure. I'm going to say it right now. Come get me, Colin. Oh, come get me, all the haters. <laughs> oh, I got the D's in seven. You heard no, it here. No, I got no. the D's and sevens. You heard happening. it here. And you're saying no. Uh, you're saying no because you're coping right now <laughs> out of fear. And I can I can smell the blood in the water right now. Ooh. You know, just when they're they're up, they think it's it's all good. And then watch them get a win tonight in the same fashion that they got in, in game two. And I'm wondering, you know, just looking at last night's game, you know, where was the lineup for the D's? In, in those first few innings, I mean, it was just totally listless. And then finally we got some production later on, but it was too little too late. So, you know, I, I was talking to the great one about this, uh, Taiello, Thomas Taiello, the great <laughs> one. Shut up. And uh, he was saying that, you know, I, I was talking with him about their inability to score runs in the beginning of, of last night's game. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, how how do you – how do you explain that when they managed to score nine in game two in Texas? Yeah. And, you know, Thomas actually said something, you know, I, I personally disagree with, but it's a good point is that they don't have the juice to go this late in the seat, go this late in the season, the D's um, and be in this tight of spot and know what to do. I mean, they, they didn't expect to, to be here. And I'll say that as someone who thinks that the D's are going to win in seven, um, they were not expected to be in this position. 
No, so definitely, not. you know, so that's why they panicked last night. I'm sure, you know, when those runs started piling up, you know, their their lineup just got got listless because this is a mental game, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but look, I, I think if if they just you know do what they did in game two, and you know get some get some good hitting from from Carroll, of course, uh, Marte. You know, fam. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking for for those guys in the lineup to to produce some runs tonight and get them on the board. And if that happens, I think anything is possible. I think if they win tonight, they can take one or two. I'm saying two on the road, and that's okay. my take right now. Well, Ben, listen, you've been a visionary of sorts in this area. <laughs> I have to give you credit because. The one part of this whole thing, I I even tended to agree with you in my heart when you talked about them sweeping the Dodgers because I didn't think the Dodgers were that good. When Arizona goes down two games to Philly and you still double down and say that they will go to seven games and come out on top, kudos to you, brother. Kudos (laughs) to you because I don't, you would have had to be crazy to make that take. But crazy is good. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes you need a little crazy, Brendan. Yeah, you do. Sometimes and, you do, yeah. but we're not the Phillies. Yeah, well, the Phillies on paper, I think, were the best team in this playoffs. Yeah, if we're on gonna paper, be but their bats went cold. Yeah. That's that's my main and Craig point. Craig Kimbrell stinks. <laughs> if if the Phillies' bats get got cold, then why can't Texas's bats get cold? They now, did. I know they already did. they're going to get cold one again. through six against right. the Astros. Yeah, our bats did go cold. Oh, sorry, not games one through six. <laughs> games three through six. Three through five, yeah. our bats went cold. Even game two of this World Series. Yeah. You know. Brendan, yeah. who's to say that can't happen tonight? Game six, game seven. It could. I, I, I am. Because, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I mean, all right. You look at look at the pitching matchups. I mean, Zach Gallen has not been great this postseason. He had a, he had a, he he had a solid outing yeah. uh, in game one. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He had a solid outing, but he didn't make it deep into that game. No. For- the, the, the Rangers lineup kind of got to him early and, and forced him out decently early in that game and now the Rangers getting to see him again as opposed to the Diamondbacks playing big game Nate on the mound yep who is one of the best postseason pitchers of our generation oh yeah and on top of that he's even better in series clinching games he's an ERA about at about 2-5 he's undefeated in series clinching games that's mind-boggling like like Nathan Avaldi is is different in the postseason and then he's even better in serious clinching games. And then you compare that to the Rangers bats who just dropped two five run. In, he, they dropped ten runs in three innings in the first three innings. Mm-hmm. And now they're going against Zach Gallen, who struggled this postseason. Right. I don't think the bats will falter tonight. No, you're right. Gallen on the year two and two with a five point two seven. Avaldi four zero with a three point five two. I don't really count ERAs, but records. You know, going deep into games, winning you games. Thirty six Ks and thirty thirty and two thirds innings for Nathan Avaldi. And he got his bad outing out of the way. Yeah, I, he, he I think that's a big game thing. One. He, yeah. I mean, your pitchers, they're not going to pitch great every game. They're going to have a bad outing right. every now and then. And he got it out of the way in game one. Mm-hmm. And another part, too, which Ben can kind of play into your little uh, your mantra here, which is certainly valuable, is that the Diamondbacks are out hitting Texas this, post, this World Series. 42 hits for the D-backs, 29 for the Rangers. So... Thank yes, you, very much. you know Texas is out. <laughs> Texas is out homering Arizona, 
And which is you know that's great, of course. Yeah. But you know the Diamondbacks are getting guys on base. They're still you know you, you saw it last night. You know the crowd was on their feet. It was only a four run game. Like I was even texting you saying, "Here comes <laughs> like here come the Diamondbacks." <laughs> Obviously, you know it was a joke, but you know it got to the point where it wasn't. And that can really loom large in these games because, as we know, it's a mental game, and these things can escalate very, very quickly. I mean, you, to be fair, that's their style of play. It is. They they play the small ball game where they they get on base by any means. They have infield hits, bunts, yep. singles. Like they get on base, they run the base pads very they well. Steal, too. They steal. Mm-hmm. They bunt. They play small ball. They play classic baseball. The Rangers, on the other hand. We no. we we're, we stole the least bases in the regular season. We we get on base and we hit home runs and we hit extra base hits. And so that's where you, that's where you're seeing the difference in hits is where these Diamondback players they've also in that in that game too. They, I mean, they racked up the hits that game. And so, I, so that's I, a big part of it. But I I just think that the the difference in hits is kind of expected because of the style of play difference. Look, I just want to remark on. The pitching matchup tonight. I think mm-hmm. Zach Allen, yes, he struggled this postseason, but he had the better stat line during the regular season. He made Evaldi look like a scrub. <laughs> and when you when you compare their their stats, look at this: thirty four starts for Zach Allen for Zach Allen, three point four seven ERA, one point one two WHIP, um, uh, seventeen and nine in two hundred ten innings. That's pretty good. And that's that's superior to Evaldi's stat line of a 3.63 ERA, a 1.14 WHIP, and going 12 and five over 144 innings. Gallon has had a lot more of a, or a substantial amount more of a sample size in the regular season, and I think he's going to tap back into that regular season magic tonight. He was the Cy Young candidate, like leader for most yeah. of the year. But up up the until the All-Star game, yeah. he was the leading candidate. Yeah. 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 So I'll give him that. Just like it's the D's series to lose, it's Gallon's game to lose tonight. Well, you need Gallon to be big. There, there's no other way. You got to get six innings out of Gallon tonight. You need the Rangers. You know, you got to score early. If the Rangers score first, it's probably over. That's just how it is. You've seen it all postseason. They're 10-0 and when they score first. They can shut down teams, but if Arizona can get out, you know, cooking early, uh, you know, we might be going to a game six or seven, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, the, it the ends key, don't want, six you don't want to admit it. The key in these it's games, that creeping suspicion in the back of your mind. It's that self doubt. I'm, I'm like Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder, 2016 like coach, yeah. 2016. The coach. key yeah. in these games is just to attack early, and mm. so I'll. I'll give the Diamondbacks this: if they can attack early and they can get on top of the Rangers, you should be it's, nervous. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be hard to get back from that, yep. but it's it's whether I think that's gonna happen or not. Another part of this too that helps the Arizona offense is Cattell Marte. You mentioned him earlier. Twenty game on base streak. That is the third best to begin their postseason career. Tra- uh, trailing Bog Powell's twenty five games from nineteen sixty six to seventy one. And our own very own here in New York, Daniel Murphy's 21 games from 2015 to 17. So, Cattell Marte making history. I mean, he's barreling up these baseballs, spraying it all over the field. He's going to be an X factor for this team if they want to figure out how they're going to handle the Rangers and ultimately beat them. Cattell Marte is the guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he needs to step up. I mean, looking at, you know, last night, he still had two hits, yeah. which is it was solid. Um, Isn't but, it crazy? Like he just yeah. continues to produce. Yeah, and I think we just need more from that tonight. Is just maybe 
you know, maybe get three hits. Just get on base and don't strike out. And he's been doing a good job of that so far this postseason. So I, I have faith in him. Yeah, yeah I mean, Cattell Marte has been the, the heart and soul of this team in the postseason. But when you look at all three losses to the Rangers, he's hitting, Tommy Pham is hitting, mm-hmm. and that's it. Nobody else right. is getting on base. Yeah. Right. So that's what's key for tonight is is the rest of the lineup going to show show up or are they going to you know, go on vacation like they did in, in the first few innings of – of last night's game. They're going to Cancun early. Yeah, yeah, they've gone right. early. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, yeah. Wait, they're waiting for the Braves down there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But Cattell Marte came into last night 333 in the postseason with two home runs, 11 RBIs, six doubles, three stolen bases. He was thrown out trying to steal second in the first inning last night. but Don't test Heim. That's, well, that too. And <laughs> I think, you know, you have such a young core with the Rangers. Heim, you know, Josh Young, like, like Adolis, I loved him, but obviously, you know, what happened. I mean, you guys are finding ways with your youth, with the way you're structuring it, and another guy with who's just been able to plug and play, Travis Jankowski. How good has he been? You know, like it, unbelievable. He DFA'd by the Mets. You know, get Tyler Naquin in that trade with the Reds and all that. And you know, he was never really a guy who was just you know plug him in. You know, defensive replacement guy he wasn't anyone that would be you know star studded per se. And he didn't really have many plate appearances this postseason. He no, had he didn't. three, or so, you know, if that, I don't even know. And he was one for two going into into last night's game. Yeah, yeah, and he appeared in six games, and he averaged one plate appearance on average. So yeah. you know, that's not good. But he's coming up clutch, two for four with a double, two RBIs, two runs scored last night. Like, I know you didn't expect that. Well, so. Early in the season, Jankowski was amazing for us. He was he was a 300 batter going up all the way up to about the All Star game, mm-hmm. and then he kind of fell off a bit, and so he kind of fell out of the the. He was not a day to day guy, but he was someone we would he, well. He played a lot in left field. He played a lot in left field, and then he wasn't batting as well. And so we were going with guys like Grossman and Duran, mm-hmm. and then. Then we called Evan Carter up because of the Adolis injury, and then once Evan Best Carter, you ever did. once Evan Carter was there, it, Jankowski never really saw the field, mm-hmm. and so he, I, I like the plug him pl- plugging him in last night. I mean, he's great defensively, and then, and then he delivered. It was just, it was first half of season Jankowski last night, and that's exactly what we need when you're coming in and trying to fill the shoes of Adolis Garcia, who ALCS MVP, eight home runs the postseason. Like when you have to fill those shoes. And you go two for four with a couple of RBIs, you can't really ask more from the guy. Yeah, Jankowski made four more plate appearances in 53 of the 107 games he appeared in this regular season. He played in 577 games in his career and 1,500 plate appearances. But that's the beauty of this World Series, right? That's the beauty of October baseball. Overnight, you can become a star. And not calling Travis Jankowski a star, but more focused on Evan Carter, the, th- the youngest player to hit third in a World Series since Mickey Mantle. You're talking about serious history here and, you know, unprecedented territory, uncharted waters. Evan Carter, I love his swing. Maybe I'm just a lefty and I just grow up loving lefty swings. I don't know. But uh, Evan Carter really is another X factor for this team. And he got the first hit of the post of the World Series, right? The mm-hmm. RBI. I don't know first was, RBI, too. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> let's go Evan Carter, baby. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's It's interesting. I think an X factor for the D's tonight is Walker. Ooh, he's Christian you know, Walker. He had three hits last night, but so far this postseason he's batting barely over 200. So 
you know, if he can repeat last night's performance and he can get on base and don't forget about Marino, don't forget about Gurriel, don't forget about Pham, obviously. Mm. But I think Walker is, I would say, the most essential question mark for tonight in terms of will he show up? Because he showed up last night. It wasn't wasn't enough, too little, too late. But with his average this postseason, maybe he can redeem himself, so to speak, and you know help get some runs on the board, some RBIs, single, a double, anything. I want to quickly touch on Pham. Game two, he had a chance to become the first player to go 5-for-5 five five in a World Series and gets taken out by Jace Anderson. That kind of stinks for Tommy Pham. I'm sorry about that. Uh, he had some comments about the Mets, obviously, earlier in the year. I mean, Mets fans are very up in the air about how they feel about Tommy Pham. I personally think he's a winner. I, I love the way he plays. He doesn't get too low. He doesn't get too high. He just kind of rides the wave of what you know it's currently on in his life. So, Tommy Pham, I'm rooting for you, man. I really am. Uh, just keep hitting the ball because he really is tearing the cover off the ball this World Series, and it's nice to see. Yeah, while we're talking about the Diamondbacks, I just fun fact: Jordan Lawler, shortstop for the Diamondbacks, he's not playing much in the World Series. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. They called him up late in the season for the first the playoff roster. I took Spanish with him in high school. <laughs> really, I did. He was <laughs> what? he What's was like? he was a year above me. He got drafted right out of high school by the D-backs. Um, Sixth, seventh overall, something like that. Um, but yeah, he he checked in. He was playing last night, and so were you guys best friends? No. Did you go on play <laughs> dates? Crazy. Yeah, no? yeah, plenty of play dates. Ben. <laughs> plenty of play <laughs> dates. Yeah, <laughs> everything's bigger in Texas, Brennan. You're a native, you know. This means everything to you. We we a hundred percent understand. And you know, uh, while we're on the topic of the D-backs, just got to shout out the rookie of the year. Why not? Corbin Carroll Tuesday became the first D-back to walk three times in a postseason game. Only Carroll and Lou Gehrig have a four-game postseason span in which they posted seven hits, six runs, five walks, four RBIs, four wins, three extra base hits, and two homers. So obviously that's pretty specific. That's like an ESPN type stat. That's an ESPN stat. (laughs) But, you know, it just goes to show. And one more thing, he's reached base base safely 12 times in his first four career postseason games. That's tied for the most by a rookie in his first four career games since Evan Carter also has 12. So... There's a lot of um, a lot of young talent in this World Series, and whether you want to say that this isn't a good World Series, because I was on that train. I thought this World Series was going to be. I mean, obviously, I love every World Series, but look at the matchup on paper. It's not Phillies. It's not Phillies Rangers. You know, it's not Braves. You know, uh, you know Braves Yankees or something like that. Like, it's not going to attract the the national audience. Right, but but Dan, I, I would think as a Mets fan, you, you would be happy the Phillies, even if they're a bigger market right. team. Yeah, you'd be happy that they're not in the World Series. Well, those, right that now. was the only choice I really had in the moment. I, I mean, I don't know, D-backs or Phillies, who would I rather see for a national audience? I tell, I talked to you about that. It's yeah. like you know, Rangers Phillies would have meant so much more to the game, you know. But you know, yeah, I mean, you can also touch upon the fact that unfortunately these games. They don't have high ratings. No, this, they don't. This World mm-hmm. Series, and I think I don't think that's just because the teams are, you know, they're they're not big market. I mean, I think it, it's part of something that MLB has to face in terms of their TV ratings for their postseason are not what they once were. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what what the cause of that is. I, I think maybe that could be simply more people are not tuning into cable and they're looking at Could the be. highlights. They're looking at the highlights on, on YouTube or 
or Bleacher Report or, or wherever they get their, you know, the recap of, of the game. Um, but I think this is a great series, in my opinion, you know, just, just seeing these, these two teams that are smaller market uh, make it into this stage. I think that's excellent. And I, I'm not going to be at one of those people. It's like, oh, it's terrible for, for the league. Or I just think it's probably due to other factors that the World Series, the ratings are not up to par right now. What do you guys think? I mean, we saw Game 1 was the, the least viewed World Series Game 1 in, in history. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm shocked by that because of the two teams in it. I mean, who was really picking a, a Rangers-Diamondbacks World Series? I don't think anyone. Yeah, but I mean, in all honesty, that Game 1 was probably one of the most exciting Game 1s I've seen in a while. And that's yeah. and that's not even just as a Rangers fan, it's as a baseball fan. Yeah. I mean, you get a Game, a game 1 where it's... Tied, it gets tied up in the bottom of the ninth, then walked off in the eleventh. That's an exciting game, mm-hmm. despite which what team you root for. But I mean, as a Rangers fan, it's even more exciting. But like, I think I think people are missing out, and it, it's the series is better than it was than most people thought it would be. I think people didn't hype it up to be anything. Oh, it's it's who who wants to watch these teams? But they're they're delivering some good games. Um, I'll say that they all four of these games. Two of these games have been good, close games. They yeah. have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, this is my opinion in terms of marketing. I think, and people have talked about this before, I think Major League Baseball has a marketing problem. Oh, and yeah, it does. Where, talk about the NFL. You've got the big names. You, you know, you know who, who, you know, uh, think think of anyone. Think of, give me a, a QB right Pat now. Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Everyone knows him. You know, it's like, just think of these big names for these for these teams. Most casual people who barely follow the NFL or football, they can name you maybe even a dozen players. Same thing for the NBA, where LeBron, Giannis, Steph Curry, you know, James Harden, anyone you can think of, you know, they're big names for the, for the NBA and the, and the NFL. But... For the MLB, it's like Mike. Think of Mike Trout. Mm. Mike Trout has has put up LeBron like in baseball numbers, like LeBron like dominance for almost a decade now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people don't know who he is. You, you go up to someone on the street. Do you know LeBron James? Of course I do. Do you know Mike Trout? What? Right. They look at you, you know? like you have two heads. And I think part of that is actually that the MLB, in terms of you know putting its highlights on the internet it's much more restrictive in its licensing than the nba and the nfl like the nba and nfl you see on house of highlights and bleach report all the time i almost never see a baseball highlight from a game on you know any of those sports social media platforms and not just that but traditional media as well look at espn do you ever hear Stephen a talking about about baseball, he claims he's a Yankee I mean, fan. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. And I just, I think that really that the MLB needs to put itself out there more. It's like when you're just getting into college, you're trying to meet everyone. You want to put yourself out there. You want, you want to make yourself worth being known, worth being well known. And the MLB has not done that. I don't think, or at least not nearly enough. So I think that. 
you know, in this series, you know, promote Corbin Carroll, like, like put, put Mm -hmm. him in like an advertisement, like, you know, have it when, when people are, let's say that they're, they're in Phoenix for the weekend. Um, They see a poster of Corbin Carroll, you know, sponsored by the MLB and the Diamondbacks on like a bus stop or or something or, or a digital billboard. Um, You know, anything to kind of get people like, Oh, Oh yeah, that's, that's what's his name. And that makes them want to tune in. And, if if they refuse to do that, which right now the MLB is just they're just not heading in that direction, uh, I think we're going to see more of these types of low ratings World Series games, even with big market teams, and that poses a, a big existential problem. What do you think, Dan? I think one, you're 100 percent correct. They need to market their players better. Judge Shohei, they're the creme de la creme, but they're kind of over marketed in a way. Like you know. ESPN, 100%. You never see a baseball post on ESPN. Never. It, very rarely. Now, now this time of year, yeah, because they have no other choice. But during the regular season, you'll be lucky if you see anything on there. So yeah. that kind of goes into the national mindset of baseball. It's sad. We love baseball. That's why we're on this podcast. But obviously, others out there like football more. And obviously, you know, basketball. And there's no nothing wrong with that. I love those sports too, but... You know, and touching on these broadcast numbers because it is sad. It really is. First three games of the Fall Classic have yielded the worst TV numbers in recorded history, with each game producing smaller audiences than the first one, and all of them falling behind what has previously been the all-time low watermark, 2020 Game 3 pandemic bubble matchup between the Dodgers and the Rays, which was also on Fox. Just six years ago, Fox's presentation of the 2017 World Series with the Astros and the Dodgers, 18.78 million viewers, with Game 7 delivering 28.24 million. That's not where we're at now. It's sad. Yeah. A lot of it, Ben, goes into the blackouts and how you know MLB does restrict their content. I don't know why, you know, and it kind of, that's why we love SNY so much and Yes Network because they're the local regional stations. They don't get blacked out. I mean, they do for other people, but for us, they don't. It it stinks. It stinks. That's the way baseball kind of... They need to reroute their whole operations. We've known this for years. They've been trying to. Uh, they do have to market these players better. And it's good that we kind of have this World Series where there's teams that we don't really know a lot about. Adolis yeah. Garcia, a lot more people know his name now than they did two weeks ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's good for the game. I think I think that's honestly... Well, that is a reason that the viewership has gone down because you look at if you look at these two teams, and you compare them to that 2017 World Series where you had Altuve, you had Bregman, you mm-hmm. had all these notable names in in that series, and then you compare them to today, and it's like you have on the Diamondbacks, you have Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, like people aren't going to know who they are, right? And then you look at the Rangers side, even like Corey Seager, Dulles Garcia. P- they're more they're more notable yeah they're they're more known but it's it's still a stretch to say a lot of people know who they are and so i think that's a big also a big part of why the viewership is down the issues because there's no big star players that have been star players for years and that everybody knows of right i think something right. that fans can latch on to is the managers kind of being a national thing bruce bochi i think i've talked to you about this he could he very well could be the big greatest manager of all time if he wins this ring yeah i don't think that's as far-fetched as we think 
I don't. I I like the take. I yeah, like the take. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I really don't. Three-time World Series champion led the Padres to their first pennant in '98. We know what happened with the Yankees that year, but you know that guy has a lot on his resume. Over two thousand wins to his name. I just want to add interesting facts. The last time the D's were in the World Series, average average ratings for the two thousand one World Series against the Yankees. Now maybe the Yankees being in it factored in. But I'm sure you know, it did. We, yeah, yeah, it definitely. But yeah. We've got just around four and a half million people mm-hmm. watching the games right now. You had in 2001, you had 15 and a half on average. So it's I sad. feel like I feel like that's not just because oh, it's the Yankees were in it as mm-hmm. well. That that's a visible decline in interest across the country, and you know they they need to find an, an antidote for that because. It's it's depressing seeing these these great games, and seeing you know barely anyone tuning into them. The so. day America lost its power in this country was the day baseball stopped being America's pastime. Nothing truer could be said. It, it, it's just how it is. People would watch baseball games for fun. I mean, they try to speed yeah. up the game, make it more appealing to other audiences. But I, I don't think it's really just it comes down to the fact: do you like baseball or do you not? And if you do, how? big of a fan are you and you know how determined are you in watching these games yeah. there's a lot of baseball yeah. fans out there that's not the question it's yeah. just getting people in their seats to watch a game they think it's not action-packed watch any of these postseason games yeah. they're action-packed yeah. and yeah. i also want to touch upon it's actually something that that mark cuban said where he was talking about and i know it's a different sport but he was talking about in general the future of you know sports highlights or or <laughs> watching games is people are not going to tune into the whole game. Now, I do because I, I love baseball, I love basketball. But Mark Cuban was saying people are just going to watch the, the five-minute segment on YouTube or House of Highlights, wherever they get their their feed, and that'll be it. And that's the future. And I think that's terrible because that's hurting our attention spans. You know, you could talk about that for hours. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's really decreasing the appreciation in baseball for those kind of more relaxed moments or, you know, the pitcher taking a pause off the mound. You know, that's been part of the of the game for for a century. Batters stepping out of the box, yeah. doing yeah. their gloves. David yeah. Wright, every single time, both yeah. gloves, back. you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. They took it away. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's a greater trend that the MLB is and part of it is part of it is their fault as we talked about in terms of their fail the, their failure to to market these players but also part of it is they're trying to swim upstream with the trends that they're facing with the you know hyper attention span of like 5 seconds or less that's not good for a future generation of of potential fans so is it so bad to say those people are that are watching on the highlights are fake fans? <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I yes. mean, yep. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if you're a real fan, like, I I would categorize myself as a real fan because I I sit down, I've I've probably watched out of the 162 games in the regular season, I probably watched 120 to 130 of them. Yeah, and then I've watched every single game this playoffs. Um, if you look at other sports too, like I'm, I'm a big Cowboys fan. I, I set out that chunk of time that that sun, every Sunday, mm-hmm. and I watch the whole game. Like I feel like I don't, I just don't understand like the people watching these highlights. It's like, like why? Yeah, 
Yeah. Like there's there's yeah. more that's there's more in the game than than just that. There's yeah. there, you're missing out on all the drama. Yeah. You're missing out on all the the intensity of the game. You're just watching oh, oh, RBI single. Oh, the yeah. next inning RBI like you get no, you get none of that intensity. They're sociopaths, you know, they they <laughs> they hate baseball. And uh, you know, what happened to the love of the game where it's like I get home from from school or or work or whatever. You know, I, I heat up my microwaved meal or order out, you know, because I'm too lazy to, to cook. And my cholesterol is not thanking me for that. Oh. So no, I'm kidding. Um, Eat some Cheerios, but, man. Yeah. Um, but it's like I get a meal ready, sit down in my living room, kick my feet up, you know, watch the game. And it's like I'm satisfied, especially if my Mets are doing well, mm. you know. And it's it's different. There's There's – different standards if your team is really bad like how we saw the Mets this year but if you have a competitive team and you call yourself a baseball fan and you have free time on your hand there's no reason why you you shouldn't be watching a game 7 p.m. having a nice dinner with your family or friends turn the game on S and Y or or yes if you're a Yankees fan and just enjoying it for for what it is. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the, the the pressure and the intensity of the game are what makes yeah. it so fun. Yeah. yeah. And you're missing out on all of that if you yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I feel like that just that's what makes the base like that's what makes watching these games instead of the highlights. That's like that's what makes it so much better. And people will never understand. Maybe it's because we all play baseball or just we know the game. It's a lot more than just a single. It's a lot more than just that home run. What was the two pitches before that? How did he set right. him up? How did he attack him? What did, did he check swing? And he fouled off to the right side. Oh, he's late. Let's you know come back with the changeup. He'll be out in front. That's there's so many inner workings of baseball, which makes it the most beautiful game. It really does. And you're gonna cut up highlights and just throw that at someone, and you know, oh, I have five minutes. Let me just what? No, you didn't have time to watch the game originally, so you're trying to compensate for later on. That's yeah. not. You're not a fan. You're just yeah. not a fan. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It, 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 it's sad, and I, I don't know where the future of this is going. You, you say, you know, it's just going to be people watching highlights. It could very well be. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's sad. A uh, couple more things here, just re- rerouting back to the World Series. And um, tonight, Game 5, Nathan Avaldi versus Zach Gowan. Rematch game of Game eight. 1. Yes, sir. It's going to be a, a real good, real, real good um World Series, I'm excited for this, and who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what is going to happen? Just some other things. Uh, Paul Seawald, shout out to him. Uh, D-backs bullpen's going to have to figure out, you know, how to contain this Rangers offense if they want any chance of um, making this game close. Yeah, I mean, I think it, that's where it lies. It's the the pitchers, the starting pitchers, at whatever happens, happens, and then it's the bullpen's turn. If you can't hold them in the bullpen which I experienced all season long, then you're going to lose games. And so they need to they need to step up. They they obviously were absent yesterday, but they need to step up and if they want to have a chance of taking it back to Dallas, then then it, it lies in that bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh I agree. It's like you got to put out the fire. And the fire right now is is the Rangers lineup. So just contain it. Just contain the the wildfire. You don't have to put it out completely. Just do it enough where you can manage with your own lineup and be able to score some runs while also keeping the, you know, I'm trying to think of an expression here, like keeping the, the lid from coming off in the Rangers lineup. You want to contain that. And I think 
Zach is is up to the challenge tonight, and I think their bullpen sometimes has been inconsistent, but I think they can they can can they have the ability to contain the Rangers tonight. That's what I think. They have to. They have to. They have uh, no other way. Can we get some last minute predictions, Brendan? I know your series is ending <laughs> in five. There's no way. It's yeah. My I mean everyone knows my prediction. This this series is not going back to Dallas. Rangers are taking it tonight, and we will be champions for the first time in, in franchise history. Woo! I sense a nervousness in, in your oh, There's no, no nervousness. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, there's no nervousness. Rangers are winning in five. Knock on wood. Ooh. I got D's in seven. Knock okay. on wood. Come get me, Colin. I'll, Come get me. <laughs> I'll give I'll give the Diamondbacks tonight Rangers in six. There okay, we go. okay. There we You're go. being the, the mediator yeah, here. You know, figure, yeah, yeah, middle ground. But, uh, you know, this has been a really good show, guys. World Series, always such a great time. Nobody else I'd rather talk it to than a diehard Texas fan and uh, Ben. Ben the <laughs> Ben, ben is really uh, for the vis- D's. the yeah. visionary here yeah. at the station and uh, Ben, uh, kudos to you, man. I, we all we all commend you for real though. Like thank I, you. It a lot of people at the station don't back up their takes. They don't. They don't. You know, say things on one on one and it goes in one ear out the other. You know, we held you accountable. You held yourself accountable and yeah, you came out on top in the end, brother. Yeah. And I'm gonna come out up on until top this again. series. Up no, until this no, series. you're wrong about that. I'm gonna be on top again, and uh, there's gonna be some shorey tears in the uh, across campus. Be, be ready for that text after after the game tonight. Though. Oh yeah, that's right. This is not okay. the end of the Rangers, guys. They'll be back. They are loaded. Really good form system. You guys are good, Brendan. Yeah. And we'll wait for tonight. It's real exciting. Real exciting, guys. Great show here on Nosebleeds. Thank you, everyone who participated in this. I've been Dan Bartels. Alongside Brendan Shorey, Ben Oppenheimer, and Maddie Nivelli behind the board holding it down today. Our uh, sports director is Bobby Chaverdini. Our sports manager is Julia Moss. And this has been another episode of Nosebleeds, guys. By the time you hear this voice or one of these voices on Nosebleeds again, we will have a World Series champion. Thank you.